Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from The Movie Girls, we are on Pop. Patreon. We are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the boobie girls to sign up to get access to all of our bonus content, including our boobie serials, which we just finished doing. Um, I was going to say behind her eyes. That's not no, right. That was a long time we did ago. that a long time ago. Yes. We just finished doing Stay Close. And uh, last, ep- last episode, we uh, announced that we will be doing Bridgerton yes. series here shortly. So, so excited. We'll be starting with The Duke and I, which is the first book in the mm-hmm. series. Um, and and that corresponds to season one of yes. Bridgerton on Netflix. And if you're curious, uh, the box set is available at Costco for $25 for the first four books. But if you're a stickler like me and you like oh, all your yeah. covers to be the same, don't get that box set because the covers do not match. But I'm saying the even at Barnes & Noble, the first book is yeah. the Netflix cover. It's yeah. crazy. I get it. I I get the whole movie tie-in or show tie-in. But it's, when it's a series, you want them all to be the same. Or you could buy the very expensive uh, box from Once Upon a Book Club. <laughs> yeah, if you do, I have a 10% coupon. Let me know if you need it. <laughs> anyway, um, this week on the podcast, we are covering Hidden Figures. Yes. Um, I have titled this one. Hold on, I forgot it. It's down here. I forgot to move it up to the top. It's not Houston. Do we have a problem? Because that was dumb. <laughs> Um, I titled this Friendship Copy. No, Friendship 7, Do You Copy? Ah, okay, okay. I like that. This is totally a tangent, but when I lived in uh, Vancouver, mm-hmm. our uh, like um, condo complex was called Friendship Palace. That sounds delightful. Doesn't it? Doesn't it just make you want to live there? Yeah, that sounds yeah. delightful. It was like when I was growing up. So we had like I have all my like school friends in the in the complex. Mm-hmm. We always used to go to like the playground. I miss that. That's days. cute. You know what doesn't also coordinate? The name, though, is where I live currently, um, <laughs> Southern Avenue Villas. Villa is a very fancy word. and This place this is, is not a fancy place. Not a fancy villa. I can say that because <laughs> I used to live here. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so the book was originally published September 2016, and it's written by Margot Lee Shetterly. It is a nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're like me and you need a nonfiction book to you know check off for your monthly uh, reads, this is a good one. <laughs> Or at least it is one. It is one. <laughs> um, it has a Goodreads rating of four out of five, and it's 368 pages. And the movie came out in 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, very interesting how that came about. Um, it's PG. Um, it's currently on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. if you would like to watch it. It's a biography drama history, and it's two hours and seven minutes long, the exact length of Life of Pi. <laughs> I didn't even have to change it in my <laughs> notes. Um, but it was directed by Theodore Melfi or Melfi. Um, he also, he didn't really, he's never really directed a ton of things. St. Vincent and the Starling are his only like full length films. Um, he produced a bunch of stuff. Um, but speaking of producers, you know, a lot of these films have multiple producers, Mm -hmm. which I don't know how that works. Um, but Pharrell Williams is one of the producers of this movie. Interesting. Yeah. No wonder his music is all over He also does the soundtrack (laughs) for this. No wonder. Yeah. I'm thinking the fact that the book and the movie came out the same year is probably because the book was optioned to be a Mm -hmm. movie even before it it was released would be my guess. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, I don't think we've had that happen in any of our other. No, I don't even think the book was finished by the time they started filming. Oh, wow. I read something weird like that, but like, 
I mean, obviously we'll talk about it, but it's a, it's an adaptation, mm. but it's a little loosely adapted. Yeah, I would say so. There's quite a, quite a few differences. They went more of the storyline than the factual. Than the facts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so the IMDb synopsis of the movie reads, the story of a team of female African-American mathematicians who served a vital role in NASA during the early years of the U.S. space program. Mm. Uh, some interesting facts. The full title of the book is actually Hidden Figures, The American Dream, and the Untold Story of the Black Women Who, <laughs> who Helped with the Space Race. Jeez. Now, that is quite a mouthful, yeah. so we will just refer to it as Hidden yeah. Figures. Um, the book reached number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, it has, uh, or it received the Ansfield Wolf Book Award for nonfiction in 2017. Um, it was a young readers, oh, excuse me, a young readers version of the book for readers between the ages of like eight and 12 Mm -hmm. was, uh, published as well. Basically what that means. And I think Michelle Obama has, uh, her book is like this as well. Basically kind of, I don't want to use the word dumbs down because that's not the right word. Simplifies it. It simplifies it. Kind of gets you to the nuts and bolts so that I need that for a lot of books. Well, specifically (laughs) for this one, I feel like. Um, And then also a picture book was created for this book as well in 2018. Like if someone could do that for The Martian, (laughs) that would have been helpful. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Also, I would have rather we read the picture book version of this yeah, than the actual book. I know. <laughs> Probably could have gotten the same uh, same gist. It's still a cool, like, story, though, like, an information of, like, what these women did. Yeah, it's definitely much more factually heavy in the mm-hmm. book than in the movie, like you said. Right. So it does have a 93% um, on wow. Rotten Tomatoes, the movie says. I mean, I've heard for years how good this movie is. Um, I had never seen it before. Yeah, neither had um, So, and I actually really enjoyed it, obviously. Spoiler alert, I liked it. Um, it, the budget was 25 million, um, and it grossed worldwide $236 million. Wow. So quite a bit of money. Um, it was nominated for three Oscars, including uh, best picture supporting actress and adapted screenplay. Um, but unfortunately it did not win anything, but I do remember when it was at the Oscar, like when mm-hmm. I remember that Oscar ceremony when it was there, um, mainly because there was a um, part where, for best document or documentary that year, um, Taraji P. Henson and Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monet, and the actual Katherine Johnson came out and presented that oh, award wow. that year. So, That's cool. um, and she got a standing ovation and all that. That's so awesome. Very, very cool. Um, Katherine Johnson, who is one of the main characters or really the main character, at least in the movie, um, at the age of 98, she was the only survive survivor still living, mm-hmm. um, woman of the hidden figures group who actually got to see the film. That's cool. Um, she, she, in November, 2015, president Barack Obama awarded her the presidential medal of freedom for her work at NASA. Um, so she was very widely known and obviously yeah. more so once the movie came out, we get that at the ending credits, right? Mm-hmm. Don't they do a blurb at the end mentioning yeah. Obama's uh, yeah. presidential award? Um, the, the house that was used for Dorothy Vaughn's house, um, where the ladies play cards and they dance that day, um, is an actual historic house in Atlanta where civil rights pioneers, um, uh, Ralph Abernathy and Martin Luther King met. Oh, that's cool. So kind of cool that they like, you know, intertwined. I'm assuming it's a a monument, not like someone doesn't actually live. I would assume so. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the tour. Yeah. Um, there were several control props, um, that were used in this, in this film, um, to create the Mercury mission, like control set or whatever. Um, 
but a lot of these were used from the film Apollo 13 in oh, 1995 too, which is a, you know, one of our favorites and was also used, um, <laughs> in the hunger games, mocking J part one and two. What? Yeah, it's I don't know. Such a random. I know. Interesting. Okay. Apollo thirteen makes sense. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, but yeah, there's lots of facts about this movie. Um, a lot of it more about you know the differences and mm-hmm. kind of what they decided to heavily focus on. Um, but yeah, I would suggest like if anyone wants to just take time to see like what these women actually were all about, the movie doesn't fully <laughs> fully depict it. No, um, it's very much kind of a like you said like a cinematic depiction of them versus realistically how much involvement and work that they did. Yeah. It was one of those things. Not only them, but like other people. Right. So I think the movie is very good. And I think if you just watch the movie, you're like, man, these, you still get that same, like, dang, these women really did a lot, but it's almost like, they did way more than what the movie, Mm -hmm. like if I was these women, I would have been like, yeah, that's not all I did. <laughs> well, not only that, but like, and we'll get into it. They chose to kind of focus on s- some certain things mm-hmm. versus other things and then made certain things more prevalent than right. they really were in the, I don't know. We'll yeah, get into it's it as we, as we go along. All right. So let's talk about the cast real quick. So Katherine Johnson, who is um, one of the lead mathematicians at NASA, um, is played by Taraji P. Henson. Um, I love her. Uh, one of the things that I read about is the real Katherine Johnson was very, very, very light skin mm-hmm. where she could actually pass almost as a white one, which is interesting because we did the um, movie, the passing. Um, but in Taraji P is quite a bit darker. Yeah. So I don't think she looked anything like her. Probably um, not. Yeah. So, I mean, I granted, I hadn't seen her, her younger version of her, but anyways, we know Taraji P from um, empire hustle and flow. Um, and she will be in the color purple, the remake of that movie, which we'll be covering. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when she actually signed on as the lead role of this film, she met with the real life Katherine Johnson to actually, you know, discuss her character and how to portray her, which I thought was really cool. Um, but Katherine Johnson did pass away in February of 2020 at the, at the ripe old age of 101 years old. Wow. That's amazing. I feel like these instances where the actor can actually talk to the person that Mm -hmm. they're playing and really grasp like who that person is and what they're about. It it almost always makes it a better experience for the viewer, right? Because you really do get a more authentic Mm -hmm. depiction of that person. Um, Aside from, you know, the fact that she doesn't necessarily have the same skin tone color. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought she did a really good job. I thought so too. I don't obviously know a lot about Katherine Johnson as a mm-hmm. as a person, but from what I could tell from the book, given mm-hmm. that you know they only touch on it surface level, yeah. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, it's uh, it was such a softer role um, than we've seen her in some of the other things. So I thought she did a great job. I think I really liked the her. one thing I didn't love was her like accent, and again, that could be the way that mm-hmm. Katherine Johnson spoke, but it was very like. Mm, what's the word like too whimsy if that makes yeah. sense like too like elongated yeah. I don't know <laughs> it just sat weird like me. speed it up that's because yeah. you listen to audiobooks too quickly everyone talks slowly you don't even want to know how what speed I listen to this at. I can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to Dorothy Vaughn who um was actually a supervisor at NASA 
uh, the movie depicts her actually becoming a supervisor um, towards the end of the movie, but she was actually a supervisor the whole time, <laughs> the whole yeah. time, like since like the forties or something like that. Well, and something we'll talk about probably, but this whole movie, a lot of what they do choose to show, mm-hmm. they show at a later time when, when later. it actually happened right. in real life, which didn't understand why that was the, yeah. the case, but specifically with, mm-hmm. with Dorothy's um, situation, I think she was made supervisor back in 1951 yeah and they didn't say that she was one until 1962 in the movie so very weird so but played by the wonderful octavia spencer uh she has her oscar for her role in the help that we covered she was in the witches that we covered um she was also in the shape of water one of the things i love about her though is that she plays these like really like strong female roles but then she also has been in um like horror movies. She's in uh, mm-hmm. there. She was in a movie called Ma, and she's going to be in a in a movie called The Demon House. And she is. She's like can play these like eerie, really? spooky characters. Well, you so, know me. I don't watch those movies. I know so you I'll take don't. Your word for so, it. um, but I love her, and I thought she did a great job. I did too. I I enjoyed like her her banter with the other mm-hmm. two, and I feel like she's such a good like mama figure, right? Because she's supposed to be a little mm-hmm. bit older, right, than yeah. the other two, so. Um, so moving on to Mary Johnson, who, um, she's in the movie, she's working towards becoming an engineer at NASA, um, played by Janelle Monet, who is famously known as almost, uh, she's a singer, but she's like a jazz blues Mm -hmm. type singer. Um, she's beautiful. Gorgeous. Uh, she hasn't been in too many movies. Um, she has lent her voice to, um, a couple different cartoons, um, like Rio and ugly dolls. Uh, but she also plays in kind of like time pieces. She was in Harriet and Antebellum because um, she kind of has this timeless she does. feature to her. Um, but she's also going to be in uh, the second installment of Knives Out, which is so it's like a murder mystery. They're doing another one? Yeah. And oh, I'm so excited. I still need to watch the first one. It's so, I love that one because it's like they threw like a bunch of stars mm-hmm. in like clue so i'm like okay like let's i love it so i'm excited to watch it so i loved her i thought she is gorgeous and she was very very good in this i felt like of the three she fit the most in this time period right yeah this this is kind of how she dresses right Mm -hmm. very much like in this time or this era um i loved her like sassiness Mm -hmm. i thought she really brought that through Uh, again i don't know what these characters or these people were like in real life yeah but if that's what she was going for she nailed it yeah so moving on to Al Harrison, who is pretty much the head of NASA, yeah, uh, played by Kevin Costner, who's so great. <laughs> uh, he, he's one of those though. Like, we might have gotten a character like him, but we didn't. Like his mm-hmm. his specific person was not talked about in the book. Correct. Yeah. So, but obviously we know Kevin Costner from Yellowstone, um, Dances with Wolves, which he got a Best Director Oscar for. Uh, Feel the Dreams, and then he's also in The Art of Racing in the Rain. Um, I think he's the voice of the dog. The that. one you won't let me do because um, something happens to the dog. The dog dies, and so we will not be doing it. So, moving on. Uh, yeah, I, Milo Ventimiglia is in that movie. I know. Will you watch it? Tell me when the dog dies, and I'll stop then. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, but yeah, I love Kevin Costner. I think he's he's great, and I thought he fit in this movie pretty well. Sure. I, I don't think I have an opinion on him one way or the other. Like, he's just kind of like, I think he's, this is going to make me sound rude, but I don't, I think he's before my time, if that makes sense. So like, 
he's good. I just, I don't know. He doesn't like do anything for me. He's like Dennis Quaid. Would no, you but put I him love in? Dennis Quaid. He's like the same. No, because he's in the parent trap. And like, we grew up with the parent trap. Like he's one I look at and I'm like, yeah, Dennis Quaid. Whereas Kevin Costner, I'm like, what I know, but I also me? grew up watching <laughs> Field of the Dreams, which he's in okay, so and yeah, all I that. I have that. not seen Yellowstone. I heard that at the beginning, everyone hates his character and then you you like to like him more. So okay, okay. I don't know. But <laughs> anyways, moving on, uh, these next couple characters are, I guess, along with Al, um, are not based on real people. Mm. They are kind of composite people yeah you know Take i don't a few know people create a new person <laughs> correct um so vivian mitchell is i don't we don't get a full title of for her she's like some sort of supervisor at nasa over some of these women yeah i don't know played by the ugh, kirsten dunst <laughs> ugh. The, ugh. i just ugh. like her character wasn't likable either so i'm like ugh. well yeah but anyways uh she was in interview with a vampire as a little kid um which we covered uh, obviously bring it on she's actually one of my r- favorite movie. movies uh crazy beautiful but i hate her in that film but i love that movie and then she's in the spider-man movies and a bunch of movies that i just like ugh, don't that i wish she wasn't in <laughs> are you done yeah she uh, uh no i'm not done uh <laughs> she did get an oscar nomination this year um for power of the dog um and i also love that amy schumer like made a joke about her at the oscars and oh, told her that she was irrelevant because she's married to Jesse Plemons. Yes. Which is just so weird. It is very so weird. So weird. But they were, remember, they were both nominated for, for oh, Oscar yes. this year. And Amy Schumer told her that she was a seat filler. <laughs> oh, that's right. She totally pretended like yeah, she was a Yeah, and I was like, yes, yeah. get her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have never liked her as an actress. And I don't know. Question. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst. Neither. Or Julia Stiles. I feel like they Julia were. Julia Stiles? Yeah. They were I, like. True. I like Julia time. Stiles way more than Kirsten Dunst. There's something about her Kirsten Dunst's teeth. They're like too flat. I don't know. Like, I don't know. We, we, did you think I was going to ask her or um, Shailene Woodley? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's no, why I'm I said gonna... neither. <laughs> you got to pick one. I know. Julia Stiles. I mean, I loved her in uh, what's it called? Uh, Oh my gosh! Save the last dance. That's the one I don't fully love her in, but what? I love that movie. I love that movie. Uh, no, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh uh, well, yeah, that's so, a classic. You know. So, anyways, anywho, <laughs> uh, Kirsten Dunst, whatever. Uh, moving on uh, to Paul Stafford, who is the lead uh, engineer, lead sure. lead something, uh, mathematician or whatever, uh, played by Jim Parsons, uh, aka Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> From Big Bang Theory. Can I just say how like humbling it was to watch Sheldon Cooper not be a, the smartest person? I know. In the world. I was just like, no, he knows it. He's he's being dumb for yeah. all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, it's it's funny. I just I absolutely love Jim Parsons. I he's think he's so great, hilarious, and even in this role where like technically he's supposed to be a little bit more of like a serious yeah. character. I, I thought he, he kind of still throws his little bit of Sheldon temper tantrums oh, or whatever. Yes. I mean, it's gotta be so hard playing it. I mean, big bang. We're almost through big bang theory. We're currently on season 12. <laughs> um, but like there's almost 300 episodes mm-hmm. of that. It's like, how do you like break the mold of playing a character for that long? I think when the, when the, character is so right for you or you're so right for yeah. that character. It just it's natural. But I can't like, see him as anything else. Like well, Sheldon Cooper was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh then just lastly had I couldn't not talk about him. Uh Colonel Jim Johnson, who is uh 
Catherine's love interest and future husband in the, in the film is played by Mahershala Ali, who is great. He has Oscar for Green Book and Moonlight. Um, he was also in House of Cards, and he is going to be the new Blade in the Blade movies. How interesting, because he totally looks like the other guy who plays. I was going to ask you, do you know who played the original Blade? Um, but he does look a lot like him. Oh, my God. It is. Starts with a W. Starts with a W? First name W. Last name starts with a Oh, S. Wesley Snipes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to say Spike Lee. That's not no, right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah. He's just so handsome. Yeah. No, I love him. I think he's so good. And yeah, he's not like really relevant. And it's so funny. Um, and I don't know if this was on accident, on purpose, not sure. In the book, they actually mention Catherine's first husband, mm-hmm. who was also named Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if she just married another Jim. Another Jim. Jim? Or they changed the name. I mean, I or, like. I, I feel know. like in the '60s. I mean, I guess this would probably be put them in like born in the '30s, '20s, and like yeah. The name we're not we're not they weren't as creative back then. True. So true. Who knows? Uh, but I felt like I mean he's great. I almost felt like he just took this role because he wanted to be part of the project, which we see sometimes. Probably. So. Well, and he looks good in a suit. In a suit hey. So, or uniform. I should yes. say. <laughs> all right. So I think that's all the characters. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, we're not going to do who said it because this book was written as a, like I said, nonfiction. So she didn't want to give me the win basically. Well, how about this? All the ones I would have picked would have been the author. <laughs> so you could have just picked Great. that. <laughs> um, but I, for F Mary kill, we're going to do something a little different. Not really F Mary kill. You could have done for once did who said it from the movie. Yeah, but no, that's not, th- that's too easy. I'm just saying. You pay attention more to the movie. So of course you're going to get those. You had the option. Anyway, um, what we're going to do instead of F Mary kill is of the three main women, mm-hmm. whose job would you want most? Oh gosh. Not the computer lady. <laughs> I hate computers. I'm so like not tech savvy. So like, I don't know. I think Are you good with numbers. I'm not good at any of these things. <laughs> Um, let's say you were really okay. smart okay i would definitely want mayor i'd want to be an engineer because okay. i feel like at least you're like maybe putting things together yeah. and figuring that out i think i'd be better at that yeah and then i would definitely then go and be the mathematician mm-hmm. not that i'm good at numbers okay. but at least like that's black and white or uh-huh. whatever and it's just based on you right um and then dorothy's job as the computer lady i especially <laughs> a new computer that no one knows how to use no thank you what a fun challenge no, thank you. I can't even figure out the computer that I, everyone knows how to work. Oh, my goodness. Um, my order would be I would want Catherine's job first. Okay. I, I was I was a huge math fan when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was humbled my senior year because I took pre-calc. And that was the first time I'd ever gotten anything other than I did. <laughs> I will say I was really good at geometry because I feel like geometry is like way different than any of the sure. other maths. And I was way I think sure. I got an A in that and then failed all the rest of math. got it okay um and then i would want dorothy's job because i actually like a challenge i like to learn new systems and processes um mary's seems way too daunting like uh, being an engineer just in in life seems very hard that is true though (laughs) you do like systems like when we work together in our you know real jobs i was like roche how does this work I'm all about processes and systems and how to do things. And when, and then, when, and we, the, when we do game nights with the with the fa- uh, friends, I'm always the one reading the rules correct. and understanding how the game works. And then she was also the guy that are the person that all of the old men at our work would come and ask how to print things because they knew that she knew how to work them. Uh, 
we should really true. people should get with the times folks my dad asked me the other day how to fax something and i said absolutely not no one faxes anymore no one faxes literally anything. <laughs> i remember when i worked back and i heard yeah. someone would ask me like oh can you fax this to us i'm like oh i'm so no. sorry we don't have a fax machine no can just i just because i wouldn't I can refuse. i make a copy of a and make it into a pdf and just email it and to scan you. it to you yes yeah yeah so funny <laughs> anyway we digress <laughs> all right so we'll jump into the movie um this one's going to be a little hard, I think. Yeah. You know, so we'll just kind of talk about the movie and then give you the little tidbits of, you know. <laughs> Information. <laughs> Information. Just remember, any sort of date we t- reference, it was probably way sooner that it yeah, actually so happened. The book, <laughs> the book covers 1943 to 1962. So you're talking 19 years. Yep. The movie covers 1961 to 1962. So yep. it's only about a year span um, that they condensed into this movie. Again, I'm not sure why. Why couldn't we, because of the characters, like we couldn't age them properly, or like they couldn't be, they couldn't play younger. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think for the sake of storytelling, they wanted to to pick one specific event, event, yeah, and focus on that, That's and fair. that was John Glenn, yeah, and and hit and you know that story, friendship and, seven, yeah, friendship <laughs> yeah. seven, and I, I think that was in my mind, probably the smart way to do it. Cause otherwise it's like, what do you, what then do you cut out? What do you right. not? I don't Cause know. Cause then you get the book, which is basically just a factual recount of right. everything that has happened. Right. In these people's lives. So, but the movie opens up and it's a flashback of Catherine when she was a little girl. Um, we find out just very quickly how gifted she was and how her fan, how she got a scholarship to go to this, you know, high school where, her parents had to like get her there and all of this. So in the book, obviously we find out way more about like her schooling and you know, all the backstory on that. But in the movie, it's like a 30 second clip. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was weird that in the movie they depicted as her, her, well, based off of what I could tell her age was, it looked like she was like t- 10 and she was graduating. <laughs> Bless you. It, it looked like she was 10 and she was graduating, but we yeah. get in the book that she actually graduated at 14. So yeah. a few years early, not like, as, you know, five, six, seven years <laughs> <Right>. early. <laughs> but for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, but then the movie jumps into present day, which would be 1961 in this in this instance. And it has the three women, Mary, Dorothy, and Catherine. And they're all carpooling to work. And their car breaks down on the side of the road. Uh, that doesn't happen in the book. Um, she actually doesn't even carpool <laughs> with them. No, she carpools with a woman named Eunice Smith, who yes. I'm like, I, I get why they didn't put her in there. She's mm-hmm. really not relevant otherwise to this movie version of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they totally made this scene up. Yeah. And then while they're on the side of the road, a cop pulls up and, you know, I, I don't know if it was just to like set the tone of the era. Probably. Um, you know, and the struggles of African Americans during this time. I'm guessing that's probably why. Because he pulls up, he obviously, you know, they're a little on edge because it's a white police officer. Um, but they tell him, you know, that they work at NASA and he quickly, you know, turns his 
you know, turns his tone a little yeah. bit and he actually ends up giving them a police escort to NASA, which obviously doesn't happen. In the I think book. it's so funny. Cause he asks them like, Oh, do you get to like hang out or talk to the astronauts yeah. or like the people that, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah. All the time. All the time. And that's what I think changed his view. He was like, Oh, well if they can talk to them, yeah. then they must be important. <laughs> well, it's like when I get asked, Oh, you work at iHeart. Tell me all the famous people you've met. <laughs> gladly no, no one i've met zero people <laughs> anyways i do feel like throughout this whole movie they harp not i don't want to use the word harp that's probably not the right word they emphasize more conflict yes that's what i was alluding <laughs> yes. to earlier <laughs> yeah yes they really tried to like focus on that in the movie mm-hmm. and really as you're reading this book you're like huh these people really got along for right. the most part. So people being the white people and, and, and the blacks that were yeah. working, you know, in, in conjunction with them. Whereas in the movie, it's very much like, no, there was lots of conflict and lots of turmoil. Yeah. And I don't understand why, like I, I would have a hard time if I was in like, say, I mean, granted, a lot of these people probably aren't still alive who were involved in it, but like, I would be like, why are you depicting us out to be these like horrible people? Yeah. You know, when that wasn't the case. So I didn't fully. I mean, I understand why they did it. Yeah. I think, again, they were just trying to emphasize the temperature of the times. But it it kind of it's a little. I don't know. It's hard to say because it's like. If you're if you're NASA and you're looking at this and you're like, no, we were actually maybe a company that was one of the only ones of the time that did look yeah. beyond everything I mean, that was happening but maybe that wasn't the case i well, don't know we can't say that it was 1000 no. like a good environment to work at, at as a black person but based off of kind of what we get in the book it was not as tumultuous to work in these conditions right. as, as the movie depicts right mm-hmm. with the kind of you know um different kettles for colored people versus the white people mm-hmm. and you know, the, the sense of like, we're better than you are kind of that. Like, I'm not, again, not saying that that wasn't happening, but based off of the book and clearly this movie is being adapted from the book. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that they chose that to pull out and kind of focus on. Yeah. So the main storyline of this movie is Russia has already launched Sputnik into, or we find out right here in this part of the movie that Russia has launched Sputnik. So they have, become the first ones into space. So now it's like this mad race into space and how the United States can catch up and, and whatnot. So <laughs> this is where we get introduced to uh, Paul, who is the lead engineer. And, they're, and he's just like, well, that is just very dangerous. <laughs> and I was like, same. That's, <laughs> it all just looks very dangerous yeah. to me. Basically saying like, as of right now, NASA is not ready to send anybody up because it's not safe yet for what they have put together. We also find out that at this point in time, at least in the movie, um, the IBMs are starting to be put in place at NASA, which so this is like the first computer that NASA will be using, but they don't really know how to how to use it. So but before the computers were there, there were actually computers (laughs) as human human computers. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that throws my mind through a through a spiral. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there was actually people very smart people who would take the numbers that NASA needed to run and they did it. They mm-hmm. just did math. Yeah. Crazy. Right. So well, just like, like anything really, like when actual computers were introduced, yeah. that 
was probably so mind blowing and so right. on and so forth. And as we continue, I mean, flying cars, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, but we find out that like these computer groups, so these groups of people who are doing the computing, um, there is a colored group. I think they're the East, the West, the West group, um, which is all the African Americans. And then there's the East group, which is all of the white people that mm-hmm. do it. And, and we never actually see the East group. No. Um, but we're come to, you know, believe that it's all white people. Yeah. Well, and something else that the book kind of mentions too, we focus a lot on like the mathematician mm-hmm. side of things with Catherine being the main kind of character here. But from 1943 to 1980, there were about 50 black women that worked mm-hmm. in this area, but there were computers, there were mathematicians, there were engineers, there were scientists. It's just, again, to your point, they picked one event to focus on and those yeah. people who kind of had anything to do with that event is who we kind of get yeah. in this movie. So we see kind of like every day they come in and they get like put on assignments. So they're like, hey, Roche, you're going to go work with NASA Crew 7 today or whatever <laughs> on some sort of project. Um, but we find out that Mary, who is an engineer or is an aspiring engineer, has been assigned permanently to an actual group. And she's like really excited about it. Um, and that Catherine um, might be, be getting assigned to a special geometry pro- project. Um, so we see Mary go up to, I guess it's the wind tunnel. Yeah. What is it? It's, I don't know what it is or whatever. Um, but, but she shows up and she's in her heels and her freaking heel gets caught in, in like one of the grates. And she's about to get like blown away by this like Mach one test or whatever. Um, but the test fails and she actually has like a great idea of how they could fix it. And one of the men there, and and this is what they do, you know, throw in quite a few instances where like these older white men are actually supportive of these women. Mm -hmm. Cause at this point he was like, you should try and be an engineer. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, it didn't even dawn on her at that right. point that that could be a, be a thing. And it was nice because that actually does happen, did happen mm-hmm. to Mary in real life. Yeah. I think it was the same gentleman who, who did it. Um, but the whole, like, thing with her heel getting stuck and stuff, yeah. like, we, at least we don't get it in the book. Um, I'm assuming it didn't happen. Yeah, it was probably it. something just to add for effect. Right. <laughs> also, like, could you imagine if you were, like, had to wear heels every day to work. No, thank you. Well, and a nice set of pearls. That's the only acceptable mm. jewelry that you can wear. Mm. No, thanks. <laughs> do you do you own a nice set of pearls? No, do you? No, my mom does though. Yeah, I did give a pair. I did give a pearl necklace to my mom last year. For yeah, anytime I need it for any sort of like costume party or something. Costume party. <laughs> wear it what, what a vacuum i don't know what other reason would i wear a nice set of so pearls um, so now we see Catherine has been assigned to the new space task group um and this is basically uh where they run a bunch of math problems and trying to like figure out how they can not only get someone into space but how they can bring him back to you know back to mm-hmm. earth Um, and they do tell us like at this point, like there's never been a black person who has worked in this group with Mr. Harrison. Um, and this is another instance where she walks in, everybody stops Mm -hmm. and turns and it's a bunch of white men and they like, won't touch the coffee pot that she's working and all this stuff. And you know, that is not expressed in the book no and it doesn't it didn't seem like there were it wasn't explicitly excuse me it wasn't explicitly said in the book that like 
things were great and they got mm. along great, but it was also not on the other end of the spectrum said like, oh, she had struggles or she, you know, yeah. dealt with a lot of this stuff. So again, I think it was more a kind of something that they chose to focus on for, for cinematic value, yeah. I guess. I don't know. So we also find out that the astronauts are coming very soon to start training. So they're like, we need to get this stuff ready because they're going to be here soon. And they're on these like really tight deadlines. So, so Mary is tasked at this point to, to basically double check the work of all of these guys. So she, you she, mean Catherine, Catherine, sorry. Catherine is in charge of like double checking their work, making sure that what they're doing is actually correct. Um, well, Paul, the lead engineer is like the one who gives her probably the most pushback. And I got it more <laughs> like my, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, I feel like he was giving more pushback because he was like, I don't want someone coming in to take my position. Oh, not that she was a black woman. Not at all. Because, and he even says it in the movie is like, here's my files. They're, they're right. Yeah. But feel free to go. Ahead I think and he would have, he would have been that way to like literally to anyone. anyone. Yeah. You know, but he like, you know, doesn't want to give her, you know, like any all of his information like he'll black out some of the yeah. stuff and basically tell her that she doesn't have clearance for all this right. stuff or whatever which i think Catherine in the in real life was pretty much for the most part given access to to what she needed yeah and um, i think like in the book initially like that wasn't her first assignment no either. it was something about like evaluating a crash that happened mm-hmm. um and then like that led to them finding vortexes again yeah. way over my head <laughs> right way too you know right specific in the details but yeah she i think she eventually was asked to to kind of check numbers and stuff but that wasn't the first thing so in the movie you know Catherine's working in this new building and i guess i forgot to explain earlier that where the group of women who were computing these numbers their building is way across campus it's about a mile and a half from where this new building is is where she's working Um, so we see Catherine leave the building where she's currently working and she goes running across with all of her work, running across campus to go use the colored bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and we see her run back and forth and this happens a few times. This actually doesn't even happen to Catherine. (laughs) No, it's actually Mary who this happens to, which again, I guess if, they're really pushing for Catherine to be the main character. Yeah. They just kind of gave her this this role. But yes, it was Mary who was doing it. She was working on the east side of, of campus, to your mm-hmm. point. She needed a, a colored bathroom, so she w- was running back and forth. Similar to like how the book or uh, in the movie they she asks like um where's like the colored ladies mm-hmm. room and she, people were telling her like why would we know where your bathroom right. is type of thing. Um that was a Kirsten Dunn's line. Well, yeah. And I actually have this in my notes here. Uh, The tunnel you're talking about was called the Mm. supersonic pressure tunnel. Yes, that one. (laughs) But anyway, yes, uh, all of the bathroom scenarios happened to Mary. And it really only was kind of a few times. I feel like we get Mm. it way more in the movie. So we see that Catherine like works really late one night and she goes and like gives her her work to Mr. Harrison. And he basically just throws it away. And he's like, by this point, it's obsolete. And I'm like, oh, my God. Could you I, imagine? I would hate that. <laughs> like, I guess I just don't work in an industry that's like that. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, they're constantly evolving. And you got to, like, keep up. And one little number changes and all of your... I, I yeah. could not. Uh, not to go back to the bathroom scenario, but why did she need to take, like, 
all of the files with her. <laughs> yeah, I'm I thinking, don't know. How long are you in this bathroom? Correct. I feel like you could probably get through one person's numbers, but not Correct. like all seven that you're <laughs> looking. Why do you have to take all of them? I mean, I'm just saying I have, we have both spent long times in the bathroom. Sure. But again, how long are you I spending? Don't know. I think at one point they said 45 minutes, but that's with her time traveling yeah. back and forth. So I can't imagine she's doing too know. much work. Who knows? Um, so anyway, so we see Catherine at home now and she has three little girls in the book these girls are quite a bit older actually i think they're teenagers mm-hmm. in, mostly in the book um in the movie they're depicted as pretty young i'd probably say between the ages of like six and ten maybe yeah. um but we find out that her husband did pass away um but not much other reference um in the movie to him um but anyways it, and it's interesting though they the girls say at dinner that they do um bomb drills because now that's everyone's fear is you know rushes into space they think that they're making these atomic bombs and that, that the fact that that is so timely for now in 2022 correct. is just mind-blowing insane insane um but anyway so again bringing it kind of back into the times of like what's going on and what the you know temperature is outside there uh, one thing I wanted to know, and I don't know if we, I guess we do get a scene with Dorothy and her family, but um, something they didn't really talk about, especially with Dorothy, is when she kind of moved to take this new role mm-hmm. and things like that, she had to leave her family. Mm-hmm. And she ended up getting like an apartment where her family would come and visit. We don't really get that. Like, it's very much, yes, they do kind of commute, but yeah. it doesn't seem like they were like, going far distance right there's no sacrifice yeah of that um, which dorothy had to do but then eventually her family moved moved yeah. with her once <laughs> it was decided that her job was going to be yeah. pretty permanent it was very much like i wish they would have done it more like they did in the help so maybelline in the, in the help mm-hmm. is very much the main character and yeah. then there's the other maids right that mm-hmm. are the supporting roles but you still get a lot more backstory. of backstory mm-hmm. And their day-to-day stuff. They could have done that the same way here and they just didn't do it as much. Even to the point, like Dorothy was a teacher before she Mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, brought into to to work for NASA. We don't know that at any point. I don't think they mentioned it in the movie, Mm -hmm. but like that would have been interesting to know. (laughs) So we see now see Catherine at church um, and like any, you know, good people, they try to introduce you to, you know, your next husband at church. (laughs) My mom was trying to hook me up from someone from church for years. Um, but we see that Colonel Jim is back from the war or his time there and or back from the National Guard. Sorry. And, you know, he kind of makes this <laughs> he makes this kind of like not so good impression on her um, the very first time. He was trying to flatter her, but didn't do it in the correct way. Not at all. <laughs> um, but then also at the same church service, we see that Mary and her husband are having an argument about her, you know, not being home so much and that she wants to pursue becoming an engineer, which would take her away from her family even more, mm-hmm. which I say, what are you doing, sir? What are you <laughs> well, doing? Well, not only that, but like she has to take specific classes mm-hmm. that aren't at least now, you know, offered to, right. to the black uh, community. Yeah. Um, so now we are back at NASA and the astronauts have arrived or they are arriving and it's, they're not technically astronauts yet. Right. I mean, they, they, cause they're part of like the Navy and stuff, but like none of them have gone to true. space. Well, I don't they're know when you actually, astronauts. are you not technically an astronaut? So you go to space. I don't think you are. Are you? 
I mean, is that what makes you an astronaut? Like those freaking yahoos that went up to space and back, are they considered astronauts now? Were they the ones um, operating the, the machinery? Probably not. They're probably just sitting then there. No, they're not astronauts. But my point is your distinction for being an astronaut is you have to go to space, right? Like I could sit here and take all the classes that, to be an astronaut. Does that make me an astronaut? I mean, could you take all of the classes to become a doctor and not actually doctor anything and still be a doctor? I guess. Are you still a lawyer once you take the bar? Or are you not a lawyer until you actually? But like, is there have a, your is class? there a test that astronauts take to become astronauts? Uh, yeah, they got to do those like those G force tests. Okay. And right. I don't know. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The <laughs> astronauts there, have shown up. Any <laughs> astrophysicists or astronauts out there? Let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just gonna call them the astronauts That's have fine. arrived. That's but fine. they are, like you said, they are all like I call them potential spacemen, <laughs> space rangers. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they are all like, you know, armed force colonels or, you Navy, know, Navy yeah. people, Navy guys or whatever. Um, so, but specifically, you know, they obviously hone in on John Glenn and he's portrayed as this like 25 year old little, you know, little guy when in reality at this point, he's like in his forties. Yeah. Accurate. Not sure why they did that. Hey, he's good to look at. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure he was probably good to look at yeah, at 40, too. But he's very respectful. Um, he actually goes down to, you know, where Mary and Dorothy and Catherine are and introduce themselves and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, he's portrayed as this very nice man who's very respectful to anyone, no matter the case. So we now see Mary is again checking all of Paul's work, um, the lead engineer, and she basically just starts doing like all this work on this giant chalkboard, to which I was like, I bet Rosha would like that ladder for a library. Yes, not for a chalkboard. Chalkboards actually give me like major anxiety. I don't know if you <laughs> were like this in school, um, but like the fact that you could easily like rub off your work on a chalkboard, hated it. I never minded that. It was more of like the sound that it could potentially mm, make yeah, is too. what I, and that you couldn't fully clean it. No matter what mm. you did, you can never fully clean a it chalkboard. Would, it, a chalkboard will never be as clean as when you first <laughs> Correct. open it or, or use it. <laughs> Correct. Um, so anyways, we now see that these giant IBMs are getting, are, are getting to the office and, um, Mr. Harrison is like so excited because they think that this is really going to propel them forward. And this part's really funny is that they, the machines actually didn't fit through the door. So he's like, take a sledgehammer to the wall. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Just get it in there. Um, so anyways, uh, we're back to Catherine and you know, like I said before, so the work she was checking, um, he like, wouldn't give her all the information. He was blacking out a lot of information with like a Sharpie. Um, but so she like literally would literally put it up to the skylight genius and she could see through it. And once she got the rest of the information that she needed, um, she was able to like see what was, what was wrong. And I love the scene. Cause he's like, cause he's all upset. You know, Paul's upset that she looked at this right. information and classified information. <laughs> and, right, and they're like, are, and it, <laughs> so Mr. Harrison's like, are you a Russian spy? And she's like, no. And he's like, she's not a Russian spy. Like, it's fine. And he goes, you might want to get some darker ink next time. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and I, I, there was a moment where I was like, if he tries to take credit for Catherine figuring this out, I'm going to have a problem. Right. Because there was a moment, because I think she goes to the bathroom once she finishes yeah. the, the equation. And he Al comes out and he's like, 
whose work is this? Yeah. And they look at, or it pans to Paul. I was like, you sh- you no. keep your mouth shut. No. <laughs> Thankfully that, that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, also this whole thing didn't happen no. in the book. Um, I think at one point they mentioned that like a, a black engineer was fired for being too like radical. Mm-hmm. Not really sure like what he or she may have done, but apparently this scenario was supposed to like say, that, yeah. that they didn't necessarily do exactly what the, what was told of them. Right. Sometimes they would, you know, color outside the lines, if yes. you will. Um, so, but after this instance in the movie, um, they do end up giving her full clearance to all of this information so she could actually do her work. Um, so we find out now that, you know, Mary's trying to become an engineer and she actually gets turned away from the official turning or training program because she doesn't have all of the schooling that she needs to go into this program. And the schooling that she needs is only available at a white only school. So she's trying to figure out how she can like get around that at this point. Um, A scene that gets added now um, is we see Dorothy is at the library with her kids and she's trying to look up these um, books about computers. I mean, she's very smart. She's realizing here's these brand new machines that no one knows how to work let me figure out how to work them so I can go in there and show them that I should be the one who's leading this project. That's called job security. Correct. Um, this does not happen in the book though. The whole library scene, cause she ends up getting kicked out because she's in a whites only, um, you know, library. And she did the biggest no, no you do in a library aside from talking. You steal a book. She stole the book without actually checking it out. And her son is like, Oh my God. And I thought at one point this was like going to come back around and something was going to happen, but it didn't. So, um, we're now at Dorothy's son's birthday party, um, where all the women are and Colonel Jim shows up and dances with Catherine and apologizes for being an idiot <laughs> at church. <laughs> um, but now we're back at work and well, at this event too, yeah. they get an alert that the Russian man has actually made yes. it to space. Yeah. There's like a breaking news. So like not happened. only are they behind, but now they're like really behind, really, the really Russians. behind. Um, so the next day at work though, Mr. Harrison basically goes to his whole group is like, Hey, we're really behind now. Um, you thought we were working a lot now. Like you should go call your wives right now and tell them you're not coming home. And if you're not, if you're not ready for this, then here's the door basically. Also, I'm not going to pay you more either. Right. To which I have like a lot of issues about, but like, I get it. Like here, I mean, it's one of those things like. I always say in my job, look, I'm not saving lives. Nope. You know, not in any sort. But, like, if you're in a job that is, like, literally groundbreaking, it could be, like, I I would hope that I would have that in me to be, like, I don't care what I'm doing. Like, let's get this done. Yeah. But I've never been in that, like, instance in my life. Right. (laughs) And I don't think I ever will be. There's no groundbreaking work happening in in the work that we we do in our respective careers. But. You know, that would be cool, though, to be a part of something yeah. knowing that it will and could be eventually. Yeah. So we just kind of get this montage of that they're doing more testing. They're working a lot more. Um, we see that Dorothy is trying more and more to learn these big IBM machines. Um, and we also find out that that Mary has been able to get a court date so she can fight to go to these classes that she needs for the training program. Um, and then we still see Catherine running across the <laughs> running across the campus to the bathroom. So at this one point, it's pouring down rain. She runs across campus. She comes back, and Mr. Harrison is like, "Where have you? Where does she keep going?" Right. And she finally like tells him like, "I have to if I want to go to the bathroom. You know, this is what I have to do. This is ridiculous." And she kind of you know 
puts her foot down. Um, and at this, <laughs> and at this point he was like, Oh, all right. So he goes and takes like a sledgehammer, walks across the campus and hits the colored bathroom sign off. And he's like, go to the bathroom wherever you want. Just please do it closer to where you <laughs> to are. The building, yeah. Please. <laughs> um, so again, but yeah, none of that happens to Catherine in the book. It doesn't even happen to Mary who no. actually had the bathroom no. situation. Um, so anyways, you see like randomly Catherine's like sick and like Jim comes and brings her soup. And I don't know why we totally need this scene. Remember, you've said this before. Every good story needs a love story. Um, we see that they are doing a test run with an actual astronaut this time. Basically <laughs> just going up and back down yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um, and then again, we go back to Catherine and Jim and they kiss finally. Like, okay. Like, it's Whatever. fine. Like, it's so, like, not pertinent to this story. It's especially not pertinent to this story because again there is so much more content they could have replaced it with yeah from the book or even just actual accounts of what happened in real life yeah so anyways we now see mary is at court um to fight for her right to take those classes and she does end up winning um and the judge tells her you know she can take the night classes at this school Again, with the timeline, like mm-hmm. this happened back in 1956. Yeah. In the movie, we're in 1961. She had already become an engineer by 1958 in real life. Yeah. Before she even got granted the time to go to <laughs> right. class. It was very The strange. timeline is all in. Yeah. We're in the multiverse at this point. <laughs> um, so anyways, we see that Catherine has now kind of spoke up and she's like, I want to start working on John Glenn's trajectory to into space. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she knows that like, they're probably getting close to that point. So like, let's just start working on it at this point. Um, during this whole, you know, we were talking about how they did the test with the one astronaut. Um, they do end up losing the recovery capsule. So that becomes like this whole thing of like, all right, we can get them in, but we can't get them back right. safely. So that's like one of their big, huge things. So one of the things that we were talking about earlier is, you know, all this stuff is changing so quickly. Everything's becoming ap- obsolete super quick. And so Catherine's like, you guys have these Pentagon briefings every single day. And I'm not getting all the information that's mm-hmm. in there to do my job correctly. Like, can I please go in there? And Paul's like, absolutely not. <laughs> He's like, no, which I mean, it, it's brought up in the book about how she, you know, wants to get in there, but it's not this giant, like, fight and altercation no and i thought it was interesting in the book it's referenced as editorial meetings mm. which then makes me think of like a magazine yeah and i'm like these types of meetings are so not that type of meeting right but anyway but yeah in the book she very like you know casually asks her superior hey this this makes sense for me to be in these meetings because mm-hmm. it makes my job easier like are you yeah. okay and they very much like are like yeah we agree yeah that makes sense we'll put which, you in them which basically ends up happening pretty much close like yeah. the next couple scenes where she asked <laughs> said kevin costner she asked mr <laughs> harrison like can i be in this this is why and he's like well yeah sure and like yeah. she gets a seat at the table um at the same time we also see that dorothy has gotten the freaking ibm to work and start computing numbers on good there. job dorothy exactly which <laughs> i thought was kind of cool like you th- you feel like so many times when new technology is introduced like there's such a pushback like people are like mm-hmm. no thank you like everyone's so afraid that these computers are going to take their jobs and again going back to like how like yeah adapt or die right and that's what she did right you know knowing that this 
computer will essentially make your job ob- like non-existent. Yeah. She's still kind of wrapped her, her arms around it. My favorite was like the look on the guy's faces when yeah. she fi- figured it out. And they're like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so yeah. So like I said, uh, Catherine finally gets into these Pentagon briefings and she actually, <laughs> he was like, you can come in, but like, don't say anything. Well, that lasts like two seconds. Right. Um, and she does end up speaking up and they actually let her do calculations in these meetings to like, fight for her point on these things it lasts two seconds because mr harrison asks paul a question and he doesn't know the yeah. answer i'm like what are you doing sheldon you know this time. right exactly <laughs> um so anyways uh we see that mary starts you know school um for her engineering classes and we do see that her husband is becoming more supportive at this time which was which was nice to see um Oh, sorry. Going, I totally missed this about Dorothy. They finally offer her. They're like, all right, cool. You got this thing to work. Like we want you to be, be the lead on this, you know, machine. And she's like, I'm only going if I can take my girls with me. So she does get not only herself a job up there, mm-hmm. but all of her girls from, from the West group, um, get to come with her, which is, you know, way to advocate. Yeah. No kidding. So anyway, so Going back to the whole John Glenn thing, we're trying to get him back into space. And they're like, the problem is they keep saying they're like, the math hasn't even been invented yet. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, how does math just become invented? Which I know it does, but it's yeah. so crazy to even think. And they're all sitting around and Catherine is kind of at the head of this group, you know, in the room trying to figure this out. And at one point she's like, maybe it's not new math. Maybe it's really old math. Like, I think I know a method that could work. Um, so anyway, she figures it out that it's this old method of, of math that is actually going to figure this out. This went over my head so much. Like, I, I think it's supposed to, I was like, okay, I guess the, the, the point is they figured it out. That was like, that's all that matters. Okay, cool. (laughs) So she ends up typing up the report. Um, and at this point, because you know, before she had on every report, she kept, putting her name on it with Paul's and Paul's like, you know, computers aren't allowed to author these things. And so he, you know, she kept, and then, so at this point she writes it up and she actually leaves her name off of the report. Um, but anyways, so we get this next scene and it's with Dorothy in, in the bathroom and Kirsten Dunst's character, Mrs. Mitchell, I think, or whatever. Vivian. Um, and it's kind of, and they're in, the white bathroom is a much nicer bathroom. And at this point, she Vivian goes to her. She's like, you know, I've never had anything against y'all. And freaking Dorothy goes, that's nice that you think. I really believe that you think that. Right. And I'm like, go get her. <laughs> like, she sucks. <laughs> well, and she also kind of tells her like, oh, you know, um, people are talking highly of like the work mm-hmm. you're doing. I might bring some other ladies in to like, yeah. learn from you or whatever. And I love it. She goes, Hmm, that seems like it's a supervisor's decision. Yeah. Which is like a shot at her because mm-hmm. she asked her earlier, like, hey, I'm basically doing the work of a supervisor. Yeah. Can I have this title? Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't make that decision and, right. and you don't get it or whatever. At that point, when she was like, maybe I'll bring some ladies in to like learn. Yeah. Her. I thought she was trying to sabotage her. Yeah, I thought I was so like, too. Listen, Kristen Dunst. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten. Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in the book, though, again, going back to what we've said multiple times, like, there's not that friction between the supervisors yeah. and these women in yeah. the book. So again, not to mention Dorothy's already a supervisor at this Correct. Point. <laughs> Correct. So anyways, um, 
Catherine gets home now and her girls and her mom are sitting at the table and Jim is there and they have dinner ready for her. And lo and behold, there's also a little, little ring box and he proposes to her, which is really sweet. It's a sweet little moment. So she is now engaged, um, to Colonel Jim. Um, but now we're back at work and Mr. Harrison at this point, you know, they figured out most of the math they needed. They now have these IBMs up and running and Mr. Harrison pretty reluctantly tells her like, we actually don't need a computist in this department anymore. Like, and it's just like so heartbreaking because it's like you fully understand what he's saying. Yeah. But like, you're also like, oh man. And you could tell that he actually like hated that he was having to have this conversation with her. And so as she's leaving, they end up giving her an engagement gift and it's a pearl necklace. And, and I forgot to say this earlier when she was standing up for herself about the bathroom, she said something about like, we can't afford pearl necklaces like all these other women or whatever. So, but that's the one thing that we're allowed to wear Yeah, and I can't even wear it because I can't afford it. So, which is really nice. And so now it's her wedding day and we get to see her at, at the wedding and it was so funny. I was watching this, watching this part of the movie and we see her wedding and, and then it's like, but at the same time, we're also seeing that the IBM math like isn't fully computing and going out. And I'm like, are they going to interrupt her on her wedding day? Like that's what they made it <laughs> seem so like, too. right? Yeah. Because at this point they're also talking to John Glenn and he's like, I'm not flying unless Catherine checks it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, John, she is getting married. Um, in reality, like literally John sorry in the movie John's like in his astronaut suit like and is like calling him being like I want Catherine to um I want the girl to check these these numbers I'm not going um turns out it's not her wedding day no it's It's a different day the different day (laughs) um but also John in real life John did do this Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't like as he was going up into space it was a couple days before right they like figured out that the math was wrong or the IBM math was wrong and he's like yeah I need the girl to check it but like it's so funny I I, we say this time and time again with everything like they make it so much more heightened when they do things like this where it's like (laughs) oh it's like in the heat of the moment like we need that information right now otherwise he won't go up in space yeah crazy it's like that's not. it's like on the amazing race when they make you think that they're like gonna race to the finish line at the same time but it's really not (laughs) really not and they've been like they're like hours apart from each other the one group is already at the hotel sleeping right exactly (laughs) (laughs) sorry so Catherine comes back to the building and runs these numbers for their not on her wedding day um and she runs and gives them the calculations and she's like, yes, it was off. And you know, John's like, all right, cool. Like I'm ready to go. Um, so Catherine is running to go give them these new calculations at basically mission control. And they shut her out of the room and she's like, okay, cool. Like you're welcome. Um, but Mr. Harrison comes out and actually gets her into the room, which is pretty cool. So they give John Glenn the new coordinates and the rocket launches into space um, which is, have you ever watched, like, do you know, whatever, bleh, bleh. have you ever watched like rocket launches on? No, it's very fascinating. It's like one of those things you like watch for hours and hours and That's hours. That's my problem. I can't sit that long and like yeah. wait for something to happen. It's like weird. <laughs> like it's, tell me 10 seconds before it's about to launch and I'll watch it. The problem is, <laughs> is that you can get like so close and then they could shut it down because of weather. Yeah. Like so quickly. Yeah. The, the weird part is, which is going to sound morbid that I say it, 
I feel like people watch it in case something bad happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. You never see me in a rocket, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, We now see that Dorothy has gotten the IBM supervisor position, which we've said before has already happened. Right. Um, And that they did tell her that she can bring 30 people with her, which is pretty cool. So John Glenn is up in space, right? We're good. But at some point they start getting this alert and the heat shield is coming off, which is one of the issues they've been having mm-hmm. um, because he needs these heat shields. Cause when he enters the atmosphere, he could burn up. Right. The whole thing can burn up. Um, and so at this point they're like, all right, we need to get him down now because if this comes off, he's going to be dead. And Catherine's like, actually um, just tell him not to gestation, the retro package. Or whatever it is. Whatever that Something means. crazy like that. <laughs> I mean, she's like, so if he doesn't do that, it will actually hold the um, heat shield in place and he will reach the point of entry that he needs to get to. Um, and they're like, all right, like, okay. And like, it's so interesting because I'm sure this is how, you know, how it was. It's like people were watching this. It's on every radio station. Like people are stopping their cars everywhere to like look up like they could actually see something. That's what I I was like, can they? I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I doubt it. Who doubt knows? It. But anyways, um, but they tell, you know, she tells him, she's like, look, if you just, you know, if you do this, we can get him to that, that spot. So just tell him to do this. So at one point, <laughs> like they look at, you know, Mr. Harrison, he's like, I mean, sure. Like, go ahead. And they're just like wishful thinking that this is going to work well and he even says like i think he knows or like he must yeah like glenn must know that he's going into like territory that he may or may not come out of right so anyways he starts his re-entry into the atmosphere he's like it's getting real hot in here and then they lose communication and then they're like friendship seven do you copy friendship seven do you copy and then he's okay. And Catherine's coordinates were spot on and he hits the water and everything's great. Um, in actuality, (laughs) he didn't quite hit the spot. He was off by about 40 miles, which I think she gave a 20 miles, 20 mile over under kind Mm -hmm. of, um, trajectory, but it was not because of her calculations. It was some sort of capsule weight Weight or something. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so everyone's happy. He's safe. And Mr. Harrison actually looks at, at Catherine at this point and is like, do you think we can go to the moon? And she's like, we're already there, sir. Cause he wants someone who, who can envision them that they're already there, you yeah. know? So, um, we kind of now just get a montage of where the women went after this whole scenario. Um, we find out that Mary does become the first female African-American, um, aeronautical engineer, um, Dorothy was NASA's first, um, African-American, uh, supervisor. Um, and they, they actually credit her as one of the most brilliant minds at NASA. And it's like, what the heck? Why couldn't we have seen more of that in the movie? <laughs> right. Like right. what the heck? Right. Um, we do see that Paul finally lets Catherine author <laughs> the report, yep. which is pretty cool. Um, and then we do find out that she did perform the calculations for Apollo two mission to the moon, um, as well as the space shuttle and that they now have a building at NASA named after her. Um, and at 97, she was awarded the presidential medal of freedom. So it's cool. I like at the ending, um, they show, you know, kind of who played the character Mm -hmm. and then it morphs into who the actual woman woman was. So, um, 
that's how the movie ends yeah i mean indifferent because (laughs) the in the end of the movie we're led to believe that these you know women are still in their Mm -hmm. roles and their positions um and but by 1958 the west area Mm -hmm. kind of computers the the black women who who took care of that had already been dissolved they were already working with other engineers or found other jobs to, to work so like Again, timeline is off because mm-hmm. if we're talking actuality, that whole group was already dis- <laughs> dissolved. So yeah. anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention, again, there's a woman by the name of Christine Darden who's mentioned quite a mm-hmm. bit in the book, too, as being kind of, um, you know, important in this work mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, t- uh, takes a lot of credit. She is not mentioned, I think, even once in the movie mm-hmm. i don't know if you caught anything but no. i definitely did it no so again like we got a very much surface level yeah version of like what actually yeah <laughs> happened so i think we'll which this hasn't happened in a, while. in a while i think we can say that the movie did not fully stay true to the book no it didn't at least what what this author's right understanding and interpretation of the yeah. you know true events that happened i mean which is no funny one will ever know and except for the women who actually lived these experiences right. which is interesting considering that they were <laughs> nominated for an oscar for best screenplay adapted yeah. screenplay which is fascinating but, but again i think the the um the criteria for that specific true you know, award mm-hmm. is that exactly right. Yeah. How do you adapt a story and make it interesting yeah. and make it like, you know, better essentially yeah, than true. what you were given as, as material. That's true. So, I mean, this one's a little tricky. Are you going book or movie? So I'll be honest. Um, both are kind of mid level for me. Yeah. I wasn't like totally fascinated by this movie. I think it's just the content mm-hmm. and the book was very much read like yeah. a, you know, biography. biography, very much like a, here's a, pamphlet mm-hmm. of everything that happened in yeah. this you know time frame with these women um but i think for the sake of having to pick one i'll pick movie yeah just because a it's shorter <laughs> b i like all of the actors yeah. actresses the main actresses um and overall it was yeah. a better experience i guess yeah. um i'm going movie i actually really enjoyed this movie i i liked it and i don't know if it was just the acting that yeah. i just I thought they did a great job. Um, I think maybe if there was some nobodies in there, maybe I wouldn't have liked it as much. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but I thought, I mean, I think the movie did a good job of simplifying, you know, a lot of this stuff, which I do think going to space is cool. Like, is it for me? No, but I do think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, and engaging and um, visually, I think this time period is really yeah. like beautiful, you know? So I'm yeah. going, I'm going movie. That's fair. <laughs> I th- I don't know the last I, I I have lost count of the last time I picked book over movie, which been is a, like been a unheard of, right? Because I'm supposed to and be. And I don't think you're going to next week either. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, all right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Movie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. If you want access to all of our bonus content, including our movie serials, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash theboviegirls to sign up. Um, what are we covering next week? We are doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I'm so excited. And I have a request for you. Okay. Um, that when we record next week, that you have to bring some sort of candy with you to eat. That is not going to be difficult. <laughs> okay. I pretty much, you know, always have candy on yes. hand. 
Uh, so, yes. and I'm going to let you choose. So I picked this, I picked this last title, but I picked Charlie and Chocolate Factory, but I will let you choose, which I know what you're going to pick. Do you want to do the old version of Charlie and Chocolate Factory or do you want to do your Johnny Depp? You mean, do I want to do Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Like, sure. Which one do you want to do? <sighs> Gosh. They're both great. They are. I, th- I feel like we have to go classic. You didn't go classic on the witches. Right. How, how <laughs> badly did we make that decision? That was not a good decision. So I'm hoping by choosing the classic in this can it, case, which is saying a lot considering Johnny Depp is in the newer version. Mm-hmm. But I think for the purpose of really doing the Kay. comparison, we have to stick with the classic. I wonder where we're going to find that one. We might have to. Might have to I feel like it's got to be somewhere. Maybe. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But I haven't watched the classic one in a while. It's usually my go-to. I actually haven't seen the newer version as yeah. frequently as I've seen. Yeah, the there's a lot version. of cool like little tidbits about that movie too. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm happy with it. One thing though, I need to make sure I don't do because I did this with the witches <laughs> yes. was read the wrong version. Correct. So you tell me which version you I'm mean, supposed to read. Don't read the freaking graphic novel. Right. I need to read the full yes. blown novel. So you let me know which <laughs> okay. one I need to, you know, get from the library or whatever. Sounds good. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.